Yeah, Jesus. Come on. Wow, you guys are already hyped on Jesus. Um, hallelujah. Everyone say hallelujah. Um, wow. I just, every time I start talking about Jesus, I get happy. So, um, you guys ready? You guys buckled? You got your seatbelts on? All right. Um, yeah, part of what I wanted to share about today is uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus. Is that okay? I was, I was meditating on even the beginning of Romans where Paul was talking. He's like, hey, I thank my God in all my prayers for you because your faith is being heard throughout all the world. He's talking to a church whose faith is already being heard throughout all the world. And then he says, I long to come to you so that I may preach the gospel to you. And then he goes, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God for salvation to all who believe. For from it, righteousness is revealed from faith for faith. Isn't that amazing? I, you guys, like Peter, Peter says in his, one of his letters, he says, um, he's like talking to the body, and he's like, hey, I'm writing all these things to you. And he's basically teaching them how to walk in their identity in Christ. And then he goes, I'm writing these things, if I saw it fit to stir you up by the way of reminder, not that you don't know them, but that you are already firmly established in them and that you know the truth. I have not graduated from the gospel of Jesus. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. Um, so we all, we all have testimonies of Jesus changing our lives, right? Preaching, preaching the gospel doesn't, isn't this. This is not, you know what I'm saying? This is not the epitome of preaching the gospel. You guys get it? We're all called to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Does that make sense? Raise your hand if you have good news to share. Come on. We all have good news to share. Um, I love when, uh, when uh, Mary was encountering an angel and she was like freaked out and the angel said, um, hey, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of glad tidings um, and it will be for all people. Come on. We have good news. Amen? Amen. Um, so I'm just going to share real quick a little bit about the good news that I have. Uh, so 11 years ago. I hated uh, God. I, I, I knew about God and I heard about God, but no place in me thought God was real. No place in me wanted to follow God. No place in me wanted to see God. No place in me uh, liked the idea of someone telling me what to do, you know? But to be honest, there was probably a place in me that thought he actually probably was real, but I just didn't want anyone telling me what to do, you know? So I was, I was a party kid. I would, like, sell drugs, uh, just lie to my parents, like, you know, just be out doing dumb things, um, fighting people, got really, it was really angry, just like to fight people for some dumb reason, you know? The Bible says that strong drink makes you a brawler, so I was addicted to alcohol, so I would just fight people, get in fights, and I had my crew, and we'd just go out partying looking for, like, the Bible says that the wicked lie in wait, and they can't sleep until they've, like, seen blood. Or tasted blood. You know, is that gnarly? That's gnarly. That's why I got to talk about Jesus. It's crazy. Um, so 11 years ago, I kept having this thought. This is like atheist David. I kept having this thought, what if Jesus is real and I spend my whole life thinking he's not? So I'm, I'm like full hating God, full, just like full of darkness. And, I, and all of a sudden, like this week happened where my heart just kept feeling like, what if Jesus is who he says he is, and I spend my entire life thinking he's not, right? So I was addicted to cigarettes. I was addicted uh, off and on to cocaine. I was addicted to ecstasy. Um, I was addicted to pot. I was smoking pot, selling pot for three and a half years. Um, and I was addicted to hating myself. I was addicted to, and all those things I just named, do you think I ever tried to quit? 
Yeah, many, many, many times. I was addicted to all those things, right? Okay, so check this out. This is why I talk about Jesus because it's just, it, it's been 11 years and it still trips me out. I can't stop it. I cannot stop it. It's been 11 years and, I, and I'm just as excited about Jesus today right here than I am the day I met him, okay? So I, I have this thought, I go, what if Jesus is really real and I spent my whole life thinking he's not? And um, I had this atheist buddy named Tyson. Him and I were like atheist friends, you know. We'd like sit at Starbucks and talk about how Christians are not smart. And like, you believe in a guy who went into the wilderness and didn't eat 40 days. Came out saying he was God. Like, uh -huh, of course he said he was God. He was like starving. He's crazy, you know. Um, but my friend Tyson, that week that I was like, what if God is real? And I spent my whole life thinking he's not. That week that I was like, couldn't shake that thought. I'm sitting at Starbucks with him like we do. And he's like bro, I think we're wrong. I was like, no! I need you to, like, confirm my disbelief, bro. You know, because here's the deal. The Bible says in Romans that God has left all of mankind without excuse because his invisible attributes, namely his divine power and his divine nature, are clearly visible in the things he made. Just by, like, he's not far. It's You have to... The world is running from them. They're blinded by their sin and what they want to do, but he's not far, right? So Tyson goes, hey, um, I'm going back to the drawing board. And I'm like, whoa, dude. And he goes, you should go home and read the book of John. <laughs> I was like, dang, bro. Um, didn't say dang, bro, like that, but okay. <laughs> um, so I went home. Opened my Bible. You know, it was the first time, like, David Carpenter in maybe my entire life. Maybe when I was a kid, you know, I had some encounters. But this was the first time that with all of my chains and all of my addictions, I said, what if Jesus is the answer for it? Not my own. Man, you don't know how many times I would throw away my pack of cigarettes, stomp on it, and say, I'm done. You don't know how many times I tried in my own flesh, my own strength, to be God, to be good enough, to be moral. I thought I was a good guy because I didn't do cocaine every day like some of my other friends. I thought I was morally okay. I was like, dude, at least I'm not like that guy over there. That guy does heroin. I do cocaine and I have a job. You know what I'm saying? The righteousness of man is disgusting compared to Jesus. But that's the truth, bro. This is the, so this is the first time I said, what if I call upon the name of Jesus? You want to know how long it took for me to get saved? <laughs> like half a second? <laughs> like literally half a second. I went, in, I went into this room, opened the book of John, it's, and the first I read, it said, light has come into the darkness. I put my finger down, looked up to God, because I was like starting to feel something. The second I went in there humbly and for the first time, I was already feeling something. I don't know what it was, but I, I said, light has come into the darkness, put my finger down, looked up to God, and I said, light has come into the darkness. I don't understand. Lifted up my finger, the next part of the verse said, and the darkness did not understand it. <laughs> Guys, I saw Jesus on the cross in that moment, and in that moment, I started crying. Because you know what I felt? I felt loved. It doesn't even make sense all the time. This, it doesn't even make sense. But I knew that I was loved, and I knew that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the grave so that everything I was going through as a human, bound by the power of sin, was defeated by him. And through his death and resurrection, I could walk this out. You guys get this? Come on. This is, this is why I'm pumped. I'm pumped because Jesus is alive and I no longer have to be bound to sin. Pumped because just as Christ was raised from the gra grave, we too might walk in a newness of life. And you know what else I'm pumped about? I'm pumped about Christians believing this. You know why? 
I grew up going to church all the time. And, and before I, my, I was born in like a homeschool environment, I went to church and stuff as a little kid. And they would always tell us that we're sinners and we're always going to sin, right? You're a sinner and you're always going to sin, but don't. Where, where, did you know that in the Bible, <laughs> does that make sense to anyone? This is what we preach in the church. And it baffles me and we believe it. Do you know why I think we believe it? It's because that's our experience, and we base our theology based off of our experience rather than being taught the truth and abiding in the truth. You're going to live out what you believe. If you believe you're a sinner and you're always bound to sin, then you're going to keep doing that by faith. But if you see Jesus on the cross in Romans 6, like it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Like Paul's all talking about how good God is, and then he's like, what shall we say? We keep on sitting then because God is so good. He'll keep on forgiving. And then he goes, by no means. How can we who have died to sin, everyone say, I've died to sin, still live in it. Everyone say, I have died to sin. <laughs> Come on. And then it's, it's talking about baptism in, in Romans 6. And then it says, um, don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus' death, everyone say, Christ Jesus' death, have also been um, that says, don't you know that all of us who have been baptized in his death will also walk in a newness of life just as Christ was risen from the grave? Did you know that the Bible says, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus? So the reason why sometimes we make theologies of I'm still a sinner is because we're still sinning, but you have to consider yourself dead to that sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, not by your own strength, but by the, the freedom that Christ paid for. It's no longer you who live, but Christ living in you. The Bible says, let no one deceive you. Anyone who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Anyone who makes a practice of sinning is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And in 1 John it says, anyone who has been born again of God cannot keep on sinning because God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning. It's not about trying not to sin. It's about knowing and believing who you are from being born again. It's so good. It's so freeing. I didn't even know what happened 11 years ago when I prayed that prayer. But for some reason, like those six or whatever years of addiction and all my friends parting, for some reason, I didn't touch a single one ever again. And it wasn't because I started trying. It's because there was something inside of me. Something, I just remember the first two weeks of my salvation, I didn't know, I, I had Christian friends from when I was a kid, but I, didn't, I wasn't in communication with them anymore. I was a party kid who just knew I just prided myself in knowing every partier. I was just like, I had hundreds of friends, and no one knew Jesus, and no one walked with Jesus, but, wow, where was the train? Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Micah. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is what happened. I got, I'm still on the notes, guys. We're still there. <laughs> My notes say, uh, holy, it says, yeah. And it says, Jesus' death and resurrection. Just kidding, tons of notes. Um, but you know, the Bible says that he's written his word on your heart. You know, like, you, you should study to show yourself approved, but it should be in you. It should bubble up all over you, too. Does that make sense? There's a balance to it also. And I, I have, like, pages of notes, and sometimes I was going back and forth between, like, do I just read these off? But I just, I just feel the bubble. I just feel the bubble right now. Amen. Um, but when I got saved, I just, there was this thing, and I didn't know the name of it. In fact, I went to church a lot, but no one told me that there was a Holy Spirit. 
They just said Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and if you believe in him, one day you'll go to heaven. But you're a sinner. You'll always sin. He died for those sins. But if you just hold on and try really hard to be good, you'll get in. But when for some, by the grace of God, everyone say grace. By the grace of God, when I saw him on a cross, prayed that prayer, I was born again. Everyone say born again. And there, the Spirit of God came inside of me, and I had the Holy Spirit. And so when I would hang out with my friends, the only thing I could talk about was God and Jesus, and nothing was tempting me. I wasn't even tempted to do those things anymore. And all I remember was going, this isn't me. There, like, it's almost like this cloud was hovering over me, and it was doing it for me. Do you know how we be holy? It's from that cloud. His name is Holy Spirit, and he's holy. And when you get saved, you get born again, and what spirit do you receive? The Holy Spirit. And how holy is Holy Spirit? He's really holy. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You can, you can laugh. It's good. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Everyone say, I consider myself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so in 1 John it says, First, John is writing this letter, and he says, I'm right. He sings to you, little children, so that you may not sin. Then he says, but if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, okay? So if you sin, not when, because you're still a sinner and you're always going to sin, but if you do, he's writing these things so you might not sin. But if you do, you have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. Come on, his blood cleanses you from your sins, and speaks to the Father on your behalf. So, even, And then it says, um, even if your heart condemns you after that, God is greater than your heart and knows all things. You know, you don't have to condemn yourself anymore. The, 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 the thing about this is stop looking in the mirror and judging yourself. Look in the mirror and say, am I letting Christ be himself through me? That's where we fail. You're going to fail if you look in the mirror and say, am I doing good enough? Am I trying hard enough? If you look in the mirror and say, am I letting Jesus, because only he can do it. Only, only Holy Spirit is holy, but I let him be holy through me. Look in the mirror and judge if you're letting him be himself in you. Does that make sense? It's really easy when we mess up or just say something queer and, like, get frustrated to be like, man, what am I doing wrong? In those moments, don't let your heart condemn you. God is greater than your heart and knows all things. Allow his forgiveness and mercy to come in and don't let the devil win twice with condemnation. Amen? There's, there's something about how we act to the people closest in our lives that, that I think is a mark of, of where you're really at. And what I mean by that is we can go out in the streets and see miracles, but if at home you're just mean, if at home you just, you're, you're frustrated, there's something about what God wants to do in, in our hearts there. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're quick to anger, there's something God wants to do there. He wants, he wants that place. I love uh, Dan Muller. He says, some of us pray for, like, authority over cities, but we don't even have authority over the dishes. You know, like, oh, God, give me nations. Babe, can you do the dishes? No, you do it. You know, and it's just, no, like, someone else said, like, a victory outside of the home that costs a failure inside of the home isn't a victory at all. You know, who you are when no one's watching is who you really are. Love is patient. Love is kind all the time. You know what I'm saying? Love bears all things, hopes all things. Guys, if you only love those who love you, it doesn't profit you anything, even the tax collector's that. 
okay? If you're only loving to someone as much as they're being loving to you, you've missed the mark. The reason we get to be like Jesus is because he laid down his life for us so we can lay down our lives for others. He came and died and rose again so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose for them. We don't need people to treat us well, to love them. Okay? I know it's hard sometimes. People say things, and you can get tempted really fast. It's, it's hard. It's hard if someone, like, judges you or just says something, and, like, you're like, I didn't do that. But you know what? Jesus was, a, he was innocent, but he was a lamb led to the slaughter, and without a word, he didn't even speak up to his accusers. Did you know that? So it's like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. He, he didn't even say a word, and he was completely innocent. You know, like, how, do, how I always think of Jesus on the cross, and I always think of, like, if what I'm talking about is, like, this love when, when people aren't treating you right. You know, I think that's something that we could always grow in. Like, how do we love when people aren't treating us right? Think about Jesus on the cross. Like, even if you want to, you can close your eyes right now. This always helps me. Think about Jesus on the cross. Think about people murdering him. <laughs> think about the physical pain he's going through. And think about that he's still not thinking about himself. Think about the only thing on his mind is as they're piercing him, and crucifying him is, Father, would you forgive them? Because they don't know what they're doing. And I think that's, that's the reality of it all is that this thing isn't about us. Isn't that good news? Sin is, sin is ultimately selfishness and living for yourself. And Jesus came to set us free from ourselves so we could be loved like him. And love doesn't seek its own good. It doesn't seek its own gain. And there's just so much joy in that. Does that make sense? So let's, let's just keep going. This isn't, this isn't a correction, David. This, isn't, this is just, man, I'm so stoked that we get to look like Jesus by his grace, by his mercy. I'm so stoked that Jesus himself lives inside of you, that Jesus gets to be Jesus in us. So wake up every day to say, Father, live through me. And some of us need to start with the love of God. Some of us, it's really hard to, to love others and to love ourselves until you not just know in your head that God loves you, but to really encounter his love. Not just the day you get saved, but like every day. That's why I'm saying I cry all the time. I still cry all the time because I feel his love for me. And it's just, it's never old. He didn't just like woo me with his love 11 years ago. And now he's like, now get to work. The thing that keeps us looking like him is receiving his love. Okay? Paul, when he was talking to Timothy, he said, Timothy. And I think it's, I think it's 1 Timothy, but it could be 2 Timothy. There's only two, so first or second Timothy, you guys. Paul says to Timothy, he says, the aim of our charge is love. That issues from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a sincere faith. You know, the greatest commandment is love your neighbor, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Love is what we're called to do, but you need to sit with the Lord. If you're, if you're finding yourself struggling to represent Jesus, represent Jesus, who is love, maybe you need to sit with God for a little bit and, and let him love you. Because you know, like, Adam did some stuff in the beginning, and it kind of separated us from God. From There's some stuff that needs to be worked through, you know. Sometimes humans, we have this stuff that needs to get worked through. We have walls up from God's love, and we're like, I'm not worthy of it, or like Adam and Eve, like hiding themselves in shame, you know. And sometimes there's just some things that we can do to open ourselves up and let him love us more so that love can flow out. Does that make sense? Love isn't like a, let me try really hard. Love is an overflowing thing. I can't, it's like a real compassion for others. Does that make sense? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. There's, a, yeah, we're winding down. We're doing good on time. Um, <laughs> Jesus. I think there's, a, there's another thing on my heart is just unity in the body. This is, just, this is big on my heart recently. Um, 
yeah, not to bring up COVID in the last few years, but it was it was rough. And it, I think it showed the body where we're at, you know? And it's just like there's so much division and there's so much. Um, let's read some scripture. <laughs> this is Jesus' prayer, all right? You don't have to go there if you're if you're like me. By the way, I just said about 35, maybe 40 scriptures too, so this is this isn't the first time we're getting into the Bible. Um if you're like me and you need to, uh, if you want to just close your eyes and soak in it, that's, that's, that's cool. If you need to go to it, this is John 17. And most of us have heard this prayer from Jesus. John 17, starting in verse 20. Jesus is praying for the church and he's praying for people who believe in him. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Everyone say, all of them may be one. You know what that word one means? Yeah, exactly. I tried to look it up to be cool. I was like, oh, I'm going to tell them that one means this deep thing. But it means one. It means, it means one. <laughs> Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Um, you know, and, and then in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, it's like people were divided. He says, is Christ divided? You know, were you, were you baptized into the name of Apollos or were you baptized in the name of Christ? And that's, that's the reality is that all of us, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free man, but all of us are in Christ and Christ is all and in all. And we need to see, well, I don't care about the denomination. I don't care. Stop letting, not you guys, but we need to stop letting things that don't matter divide the church. The main thing is Christ's death and resurrection, and the world will know that we're his disciples by our love for one another, but we're so focused on, I don't get fed at that church, that church is religious, that church doesn't fill me up, that, like, you know, that's just not okay. Jesus has one church. In fact, the Bible says that even if someone was like, a church was, member was walking in sin or a church was like way off the rocker, it says, if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, so if you're the one that's like, I got it, they don't, you who are spiritual should restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Okay, so that's the heart posture. It's not, wow, they don't know what they're talking about. It's like, dude, if you're really walking in love, you who are spiritual should restore them in a spirit of gentleness and take heed lest you also don't be tempted. Okay. This, this, is, this is what we're called to do. do who, raise your hand if you want to be a, an answer to Jesus' prayer that we'd be one. Come on, can we just say, Father, we repent of any division in the church. You have one church. Help us be united. Here, here's one last thing I want to say is a practical thing of how we do that is you, you, raise your hand if you grew up and you got in fights with your siblings or just weren't 100% of the time never fighting. Okay, the Bible says if a brother has sinned against you, this is, what we're, this is the practical thing. This is the duty that we all have, okay, so we can be unified. This is the practical how we answer this prayer. If a brother has sinned against you, you should go to that brother and tell him his wrong. And if he receives you, you have won your brother, okay? If he does not receive you, take a couple witnesses and, and then go to him. If he does not receive those witnesses, put him before the whole church, and if he still doesn't repent, then put him out of the church, okay? Because there should be unity in the body. But what I'm saying is, often it's easier if we feel hurt by someone to run away and not go to that person, okay? And that's not love either. Love bears all things, hopes all things. You know, God is so hopeful that the whole world would get saved, that he sent his son Jesus. You know, there's a parable, and I love this parable. It, it's, it says that there was a, a landlord and he had a, a vineyard. 
And then he left it to some tenants, and these tenants came, and they just overtook the whole vineyard. And when the landlord wanted his vineyard back, he sent some servants. And, and then they just killed the servants and were basically like, no, this is ours now. We don't need you. And so he kept sending other servants. He's like, maybe I'll send some more servants, and maybe, maybe they'll receive them. Kept sending servants. They kept killing the servants. No, we don't need you. This is ours now. So he said, what if I send my son? Surely they'll listen to my son. I'll send my son. And he sends his son, and they killed his son. I think that's also about the earth and Jesus, right? Like God gave us this earth. He sent prophets. All these messages, repent, turn. He kept sending prophets, repent, turn. They killed all the prophets. I'll send my son Jesus. They'll receive him. They killed him too. But the point of this is, is that God hopes all things. The Bible says that he sits in heaven and he's not slack on coming back because he wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And what I'm saying is we need to have the same hope for brothers that not just write them off and be the, be the help that helps them walk in the light if they're not walking in the light. And if they're acting in a way that hurts you, you who are spiritual should restore them in a spirit of gentleness and go tell them. Does that make sense? I love what Jesse says too. In, in conflict, when you talk to someone about how they've wronged you, it's actually showing, showing you, you and them that you trust them. Like, I, like the Bible says that love believes the best. So are you believing the best that they're going to receive you? You know, I actually have hope for them like God has hope for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. He's hoping that we come and get saved. Why can't we hope the same for others that they'll repent of their stuff, you know? Right? Come on, let's love one another, amen? Come on. So if you've, if you've been wronged by someone, I just encourage you to go talk to that person. I encourage unity, amen? I think I'm done, but let me just double check. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're good. You guys got this. Thank you. There's more, but we're good. Can we just all close our eyes for a second? Father, 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 I just pray, just just as like a, call it an activation if you want, so it's not just words that you heard, but if this is speaking to you and you you want this, you want, we, this should be all of us, we always want to look like Jesus. Bible calls him the firstborn of many brothers. It says anyone who claims to be him must walk as he walked. The Bible says as he is, so are we in this world. We're called to look like Jesus. And, and love keeps no records of wrong. Not because you've never been wrong, just because you don't keep a record of it. You let go of it. It doesn't mean you just brush it on the rug, act like it never happened. It means you, you talk to that person. Amen? And you forgive that person. So, Father, we pray in Jesus' name that we would lay down our lives, lay down need to be understood by people, lay down um, needing people to even treat us well. Father, you, Jesus, you came to your own and your own didn't even receive you. And I pray that we would have the same heart and mind, Father, that you've given us by your grace, not our own striving, but by your grace. Father, we just bless you. We just thank you that you're the dad and we're your kids. And I just pray for um, just deeper connections in the body. I pray for anyone who's been hurt, if there's any unforgiveness, not just this body, Father. We're talking about the body. I pray that there would be unity, Father. I pray that there would be conviction. I pray that people would come and... Um, and lay down their burdens. Lay them down in Jesus' name. God, we just bless you and we say yes to what you're doing and yes to where we're going. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we get the, can we get the prayer team up here? And uh, there's no keyboardist, but if uh, Hugo or David wants to dabble, yeah? Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah.